Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Ken Gillis, Associate CIO at Essentia Health. In this segment, Gillis talks about going from five EHR systems in five hospitals to an integrated model, how they applied lessons learned from each rollout, and his strategy for prioritizing across the organization. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for take, taking the time to speak with us today. Hello. How are you doing, Kate? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> to start off, let's get a little bit of background information about Essentia Health um, for our readers and listeners, just uh, you know, things like number of hospitals, uh, things like that. Okay. Um, Essentia Health is uh, 17 hospitals, I think roughly 65 clinics. Uh, we have some, a few uh, long-term care facilities. Uh, 750 physicians, 750 advanced practitioners, uh, about 13,000 employees. We're across uh, what we call regions, uh, west, central, and east, which is basically uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And we've got a few facilities out in the Idaho area. So in general, that's, uh, that's kind of our size. Okay. In the west region, how many hospitals are included? Uh, there's five hospitals in the west region. Smaller in nature, uh, four of them are critical access, and one is uh, in Fargo here is uh, roughly, and we're adding on now, so it'll be about 150 beds when we get done. Okay. And that, uh, that area covers uh, North Dakota? Uh, North Dakota, Minnesota. Minnesota. Parts of Minnesota, okay. I should say. Yep. Okay. So I imagine it's pretty uh, spread out. Yeah, it really is. We, we cover a pretty wide geography. And now, uh, at this point, uh, as far as the clinical applications, are uh, all the hospitals on EPIC? All of the hospitals except one. Uh, we're, we're actually getting close to being complete here. Uh, Graceville is one critical access hospital that's left. And we're going live with them on November 5th. So we're within striking distance. Yeah. I can imagine that that, was a, that has been a pretty big uh, undertaking um, were the hospitals on different systems prior to EPIC? Yeah, every one of them was on different different systems, different vendors. Oh, okay. Yeah, from Meditech to CPSI to Cerner, et cetera. Right. Okay. So now as far as um, uh, the, the strategy just to do that, how was it something that was approached? Was it just, you know, we'll go through this one hospital at a time, or how, what was the thinking there? Well, uh, I mean, we knew early on if we're going to be successful as an accountable care organization, we're going to have to get everyone on the, on one record. We just uh, so that was our vision, and then our approach to to, to meeting that was uh, what we did is we started out in the East Region because we had Epic in the in the uh, clinics up in the East Region. So what we did is we we got the East Region completed in terms of the hospital hospitals, I should say. I'm sorry. And then, uh, and then through the acquisitions of the, uh, the folks in Brainerd and the folks in Fargo, then we went from region to region. And, uh, and then some of these smaller facilities within some of the regions weren't, uh, I would say, weren't ready or uh, from a geographic perspective were too many miles away that we couldn't pull them off in a big bang. So we right. did some of the critical access hospitals separately just because of the distance. Okay. Were there uh, lessons learned or things like that where, where you maybe tweaked some things just going from, from one implementation to the next one? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, at the end of each implementation, we would actually create a lessons learned document. And, and uh, quite honestly, it, it's amazing from the first implementation now to the end where, I, you know, I would 
kind of say it was organized chaos at first, or it felt like it, to now, you know, when we're going to go live in, a, in another site, it's, uh, okay, it's, it's what we do. We've done it how many times, and the staff is very relaxed, and we're more prepared. We know what things we're going to get a hit with, and we've done everything, you know, proactively at that point to, to prevent problems and, and that sort of thing. So now it's, 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 it's down to a science. Right. And you said you have that, that one, one left, and that's uh, going live in November. Right, right. And then we're, we're getting into uh, uh, an affiliate you know, program with Community Connect, so we've got uh, a couple of those lined up. But in terms of our own internal organization, that would be the last one. Okay. And then, um, so that was Community Connect. Can you um, talk a little bit more about that? Uh, basically, that's a way for us to extend the EPIC system uh, to an affiliate. Uh, you know, we've seen organizations smaller in nature uh, that have a need right now to, uh, they're unable to meet meaningful use per se, or they just uh, need a better system strategy, uh, or they just want to affiliate with us for our accountable care organization expertise. Those kind of things are, are sort of driving some organizations to us where we can extend EPIC. Right. And we've done it, we've done it uh, in a couple of instances, and it's been, it's been very successful. Okay. And is it something where our, uh, other organizations have, have reached out to you? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what about um, physician practices? You have uh, practices that are both owned and affiliated with Essentia? You know, for the most part, uh, our physicians are employed. Okay. So I, I think in some sense that makes it easier for us uh, to do things. Right. What are they using? Oh, they're all on Epic. Oh, okay. The physicians yep. as well. Okay. Yep. Um, going through uh, with the different hospitals, um, I imagine that some of them were you know, smaller than others. Was it, was it something where you did kind of have to adjust your strategy, or did it not really depend on things like, uh, you know, necessarily that – the size of the uh, facility. You know, in, in, this is going to sound a little strange, but uh, actually, in some ways, it was easier in the larger hospitals than the than the smaller hospitals. Mm -hmm. And and I say that because in, you know, even I just think of uh, the Graceville implementation coming up here. You know, they're they're just strapped for cash or capital, um, and they have some uh, legacy systems that they just want to keep because of the cost to replace them. And some, you know, some of the cost structure doesn't fit on some of these very small facilities. And they have people who wear so many hats. So when you're going through the training process, it's, it's real difficult to get, uh, get to the point where, you know, you can send in the trainer who's going to train them on, uh, you know, on orders management or uh, notes or, or uh, you know, some other functions because they, they, they wear so many hats. Um, right. It's, it's kind of just, it was kind of the opposite of what I would have expected. I would have thought we'd roll into yeah. a small facility and, uh, and it'd make it happen very quickly. But it's, it's, we've run into some challenges there. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. As far as uh, you know, post-implementation optimization, um, I imagine that that's something that, that you're going through with, uh, with several of the hospitals. And what, uh, what are you looking at with that? You know, uh, we are, and, uh, and actually we've uh, we moved even beyond that. Uh, here, here's an example. We have clinical informatics analysts, um, you know, that would partner up with, uh, you know, with their group of physicians, and they would round uh, daily, weekly, and you know, provide other ways of doing things. Um, 
you know, uh, watch the physicians do their work and show them better ways to use the system, provide tools, uh, tool tips and tricks and that sort of thing. And uh, now we've actually converted them into what we call clinical support analysts. So that's a, still a part of their job, uh, but now they're able to make more changes in the EPIC system. Um, so we can, we can turn those changes around quicker in most cases uh, than having the CIAs simply being the messenger back to our IS group. Uh, they can actually make changes now. So that's been very, very effective. And uh, we've got, I think, uh, you know, over time here, have a better governance structure in place for our clinical changes. Uh, so I think we're starting to see a lot more progress there and, and, and less frustration. You know, when you go live with some of these uh, big bang approaches, you know, you come out, you know, you might have a thousand issues when you, when you get through the implementation and to try to, to get that narrowed down and, you know, prioritized is sometimes uh, very difficult. So uh, we're seeing a, r a lot of really good momentum. What, what were uh, some of the, the changes made to uh, as far as that governance, governance structure? You know, it, it actually uh, boiled down to each of the regions having sort of uh, what I'd call an ambulatory and an inpatient uh, working, working group, or you could call it steering committee or wh whatever you want to call it, but right. each of the regions having that, uh, and then those regions then sharing their need for change across the other regions in what we call the CIC or Clinical Informatics Committee, which is at the essential level. Certain, certain changes can just be made because they're not going to affect other regions or they're not going to have an impact on it. You know, we're trying to do all the standardization that we can. Uh, but other things then we would push up to this uh, Clinical Informatics Committee so they could sort of prioritize and vet out the changes that, uh, that should be taking place and should get resourced. Right. And some, something like uh, having the uh, clinical support analysts is, I, I can imagine, went a long way towards uh, you know, improving uh, user satisfaction. Yeah, it really did. It really did. I mean, when physicians and nurses can see the, the turnaround happen, you know, very quickly, uh, they're, they're much more willing to share ideas and that sort of thing, too. You know, sometimes if you, you know, you've heard the term the, the IS black hole, we really, we really dislike that term, and we do everything we can to say, we heard you, and uh, here's what we're going to do, and here's when we're going to do it. Uh, and, and when you can turn things around, they, they, it really makes a difference. Sure, and, and you know, being a, this really large organization, uh, there is that, that perception that, you know, any type of change takes a long time because there are all these layers. So yeah. is this kind of a way of saying, you know, <laughs> that's not necessarily the case? Yeah, you know, we, we still do have our challenges. I mean, I'm I'm going to be very honest with you. It's it's uh, they would still like things quicker than they get it. Here's here's one other thing that, that just comes to mind too. That kind of you know when you when you think about what slows down the process, it, we're, what we're trying to do with this change process is also get the organization across regions to work together. So uh, we we, we uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. So so the lab group. Uh, across Essentia Health is, is uh, like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they're functioning uh, together across all regions. So we, if we know we have a change in the lab area, it's going to move very quickly. Other areas within the organization haven't been uh, as tightly integrated yet. So IS, you know, we, we may uh, sort of broker the discussion to get the regions to talk about a particular issue or change. Uh, but if you could imagine trying to get the regions together then if they're not integrated yet or fully integrated, it just takes a lot more time. So I know there's frustration when we have to go through that process before we can make our changes. 
and and you know if you're a, a customer of the system, you know they're they're honestly saying, well, you know, I I, I really don't care. I just need this changed. Uh, so you know, it takes some conversation there to get them to understand sometimes. Uh, but for the most part, it's 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 really good. Right. But it's just that you can just see it in the areas where we're not as tightly integrated. Well, and that's and that's an interesting thing, um, you know, having this see at the the large health system and divided into these regions. And how does it how does that work as far as um, each region has its own CIO? Uh, no, uh, the way we're structured is okay. So Dennis Desenko is the CIO of Essentia Health, and I'm the associate CIO. So I cover the, in a sense, I cover the west and central regions, and Dennis covers the east. Uh, he's he's up in Duluth, and that's large, that's the largest region. Um, and then uh, we each have kind of corporate level responsibilities. He has the clinical systems. Uh, let me think. And I've got the uh, business and financial, the analytics and uh, the technology group. Oh, and Dennis also has the health information services group. And, okay. Uh, so anyways, we've sort of split up the, the corporate level and we've set up, split up the region level uh, types of things. Okay. And then I imagine that uh, you're, you're in contact pretty often. With Dennis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, right. yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.